it's beautiful to sing praises to our God. And again, in Psalm 9, it says this in verse 7 and following. The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He rules the world in righteousness and judges the people with equity. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. For those whose name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And in 1 John, uh, this is what John reflects on about the majesty and the glory of God. In chapter 1, verse 5, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So we're going to pray now together and remember the glory and the majesty of God and his wonderful forgiveness to all those who seek him and repent from their sin. So will you join with me and pray now? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful mercy to us. We thank you for your grace and your peace through your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sin so that all who look to him in faith may not perish but have eternal life. Today, Father, we are sorry for our sin. We are sorry for the things that hurt you. We're sorry for the selfishness and the acts that hurt others. We pray, Lord God, that you would please forgive us for our sin and please give us victory over sin so that we may live for you instead of live for ourselves. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that gives us a new spiritual nature so that we might live to serve you and glorify your holy name. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have some announcements now and uh, I'd like to throw to those now and it's a really exciting time before we just go to those announcements because so much is happening. Uh, rather than just waiting for the social distancing regulations to finish and just continuing to wait and do the best we can to love and serve each other, mainly through digital means and through some other things, uh, we're actually getting ready now for uh, the near future where we might be able to start meeting together, hopefully, as we emerge out of COVID. So uh, I do want to stop though and celebrate that even though we have been waiting for this time, so much great ministry has been going on through, throughout the, the last few months. And I just want to say a, a personal thank you to all those people who are praying and helping each other and loving each other practically. And also to the great team that's been putting on these digital services. Uh, they continue to experiment and innovate rather than just do the same thing every week. And I'm really thankful as I know many of us are to the team that's uh, pulling all that together. And that was particularly evident last night when we had our first uh, Lego service. I don't know if you've seen the Friday gathering, but there was actually a, a stop motion uh, service last night that the, the, the team put together. So check that out on Facebook, Sorrel Bible Church Kirawee. If you want to see that, that's online now. But anyway, enough from me. Now we're going to throw to some announcements, which will hopefully be even more exciting as we get ready for emerging out of COVID. Hello everyone. This is a notice from the Wardens of Soul Revival Church that we will be holding the church's annual general meeting on Wednesday, 22 July at 7.30pm. The meeting will be held on site at the factory at Kirawee. You can only participate by attending in person. At the meeting, we will hold elections for wardens, elected council representatives, nominators and synod representatives. We'll receive a report from the treasurer and the senior pastor. We're calling for nominations for the elected positions to be sent in by email by Sunday, 19 July. To nominate someone, 
send an email to us with the name of the person you are nominating and the position. We need the person who is nominated to consent. So we suggest that you copy them on the email and they should reply all indicating consent. Please send emails to office at soulrevivalchurch.com. That's office at soulrevivalchurch.com. This message will be repeated in services leading up to the AGM. Any questions, ask a warden. These details and the warden's email addresses will be on the website. We look forward to seeing you at the Soul Revival Church AGM on Wednesday, 22 July at 7.30pm at the factory in Kirrawee, one way. Hello, me again. Uh, we're going to pray now. Will you join with me? Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we come together digitally today to praise and honour you, to seek your desires for us and to ask you to work in our lives. We acknowledge that you are in control. COVID-19 has reminded us that there are plenty of things that we cannot control, but you have the ultimate control. So in this time of vulnerability, we turn to you for provision. We ask you, dear Lord, to keep us well, to keep us sane, keep a roof over our heads and food on our tables. As a community of faith, we ask you to keep us together in mind, body and spirit. Help us to not be a grumbling people. We ask in your mercy that you would stop this plague and restore health and harmony to the nations. We give thanks for the health workers and those in government who are guiding us in learning new ways to behave safely and with consideration for others. Give our leaders wisdom and may we be respectful and gracious in our responses. We pray for our paid pastors as they lead us. Thank you for their imagination and versatility and their dedication and hard work. Give them rest and refreshment around the daily grind. We give thanks for our volunteer leaders too and their commitment to spend their time serving us rather than themselves. Restrictions on our movements and public gatherings are cautiously being eased. And once again, we must work out how we can adjust our ways of worship and coming together so that we can gather safely as a community that loves God and each other. Give our leaders wisdom and energy and give us all patience and generosity. We pray for forgiveness. We know that this week we've not always lived the way you tell us and we've sometimes done the wrong thing and not done all the good things we should have. And only you can save us, so please forgive us and help us to live as your children. We pray for your people throughout the world. Strengthen us for our witness and work in the world. We particularly remember our friends in Western New South Wales, the Gordons and the Strawns, 
and up north, the slabs. And also in PNG, Pastor Hengebear and Roslyn and Henry, give us all confidence to boldly confess our trust in Jesus. Through our words and actions, may we all demonstrate your grace and glory to our anxious and judgmental world. Above all, we ask that you will move us to trust in you and your provision in all things. Our attempts at self-reliance continue to fail and we know that you alone can and will provide everything we need. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight's Bible reading is from the book of Proverbs and chapter 1 and I'll be reading verses 9, 10 to 19. And you can follow along on the screen. So from chapter, from verse 10. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us and we will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. Well, uh, g'day everybody. Great to be with you again. Um, we're going to continue our walk through the opening chapters of Proverbs. Um, but before we do that, I've got a special treat. We're going to watch a little cartoon together. Let's watch that. Mission accomplished. You're not just gonna let him die like that, are you? My shoulder angel. Don't listen to that guy. He's trying to lead you down the path of righteousness. I'm gonna lead you down the path that rocks. I'll come off it. You come off it. You. 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 You infinity. Ah. Listen up, big guy. I got three good reasons why you should just walk away. Number one. Look at that guy. He's got that sissy stringy music thing. We've been through this. It's a harp, and you know it. All right. That's a harp, and that's a dress. Robe. Reason number two. Look what I can do. <laughs> but what does that have to do with me? No, no. He's got a point. Listen, you guys. You're sort of confusing me, so, uh, be gone. Uh, or, uh, you know, however I get rid of you guys. That'll work. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with a scene like that. If that, not that one exactly, then something like that. Um, it's a picture of a moral dilemma and it really pictures it very graphically, doesn't it? And actually you can broaden it from just not just a moral dilemma, but for any sort of choice, any sort of choice in life. I'm sure you've experienced it firsthand. It could be a, a big purchase like some really nice clothes or a car or a house. It might be a life choice, like what sort of career to take or what sort of person or who to marry. Um, whenever we have those really big choices in life, we find ourselves being confront confronted by different voices 
voices that come from all over the place. It could be from a family member or it could be a friend. It could be a work colleague or a professional. The list just goes on and on. One voice will give you a certain understanding of the situation and then advise you what to do. And then another voice comes along and you get a different piece of advice. And it all can get a little bit confusing as one voice after the next comes up before you. And that's actually what's happening in the opening eight chapters of Proverbs. What we hear are various voices calling out with invitations and advice. So before we look at these different voices, why don't we ask God that he will help us to understand and obey the right voice. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank and praise you for your word. Uh, we admit that we need your help. That there are often so many voices in this life that it's very hard to follow which one, or to know which one to follow. And uh, so Lord, we do pray you help us now to be wise and to be humble before your word. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week, you may recall, we studied Proverbs chapter 9. And there we, re we read that all the competing voices in the world can be really boiled down to two, the voice of wisdom and the voice of folly. Because you see, in chapter 9, we have the summary of actually the preceding eight chapters. And so in chapter 9, we actually see two people and we get two voices urging us to, do, to act in a certain way. But the main lesson was this. In all the voices that come to us in life, all the voices that are telling us how to live, all the voices, there's actually only one that knows what it's speaking about. And therefore, at the end of the day, there's only other one voice worth listening to. And that voice is wisdom. And so, the picture of chapter 9 is an invitation to live life to the full. And the key to that invitation is actually found in verse 10. I've got it here on screen for us. It says there, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. You see, this verse is the centrepiece to the whole chapter. In fact, to the whole opening chapter of Proverbs. And in fact, it's the key verse of the whole book of Proverbs. That's the main thing that wisdom is wanting to say to us. Fear the Lord. We read it again and again and again. We read it in chapter 1, verse 29, chapter 2, verse 5, 3, verse 7, 8, verse 13. It's saying again and again, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's the lesson we're to learn, and that's the one we're supposed to put into practice. What is it exactly? Well, the fear of the Lord is to know our place before God, to be respectful of him, to be reverent, and uh, to stand in awe of him. It's admiration towards God. It's quite simply understanding that we know that he is God, and we are not. And it's also realising just how crazy it is to willfully go up against God. And it should only take a second to understand that because we're talking about the God of the universe. Now let's put a bit of perspective here. I've been doing a little bit of research this, way, uh, this week and I found out how long it actually would take for us to get to the nearest star to our solar system. Now, apparently, the maximum speed of our fastest deep space probe 
is 56,000 kilometres per hour. That's a fair clip, 56,000 kilometres per hour. Now, travelling at that speed, scientists have calculated that it would take over 81,000 years to get to our nearest star. 56,000 kilometres per hour, travelling for 81,000 years, that's how far away our nearest star is. And look up at the night sky. We can't even count the stars. And God put all those stars in place simply by speaking. God made the whole universe with a word. He is more powerful than we can even imagine. And Proverbs is reminding us that going up against this God is truly and utterly terrifying. So the idea of disobeying God is crazy. And so if the idea of disobeying God doesn't terrify you, well, you don't have any idea who you're dealing with. But if it does terrify you, Proverbs will say you're on the way to understanding wisdom. That's the beginning of wisdom. Respect and awe for the true and living God is exactly the starting point to living an effective life in this world. Okay, so in chapter 9 we do get that one voice, the voice of wisdom, but we have another voice as well. Um, and that second voice is the voice of folly. And at first glance, when you listen to the invitation of folly, well, it actually sounds exactly the same. And that's the thing about folly. It seemed to offer so much. Foolishness can seem to make sense at the time. It can seem so reasonable, so appealing, so, so attractive. But despite our outward appearances, it's all deception. Because at its core, with folly, there is no fear of God. So when you cut through all the double talk, what folly really offers is a life not lived in fear, but a life lived in mockery of God. What folly offers is ill-gotten gain, an advantage gained through disobedience. Therefore, despite what it might promise, the content of folly is the exact opposite of wisdom. It's rejecting God, not fearing him. And so, follow it through, the consequence is also the exact opposite. Whereas wisdom brings life, folly leads to death. And so, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? that it's so important to recognise the voice of folly. But at the same time, it's very tricky because folly often looks the same as wisdom. It offers so much, but in reality, it delivers so little. And so we need to make sure that we're not caught out by folly. And so for that reason, the first eight chapters of Proverbs actually is going to outline some examples of the different disguises that folly might take. And so in chapter 1, I've got here on screen, we have the voice of the violent. I'll read along. Come along with us. Let's lie in wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. So here we are, being tempted with the promise of success, but through just sheer aggression, 
sheer power, strength and bullying. Now, I'm pretty sure that few of us, if any of us, have been tempted to join a violent gang. But we need to remember that aggression and greed can be expressed in quite sophisticated ways. See, just how ethical are the big companies that we like to invest in? Um, have our blue chip industries become successful through honest dealings or via aggressive takeovers that suffocate and crush their competition? Have they improved their profit margin by fair dealings or has it come by being ex exploiting people and particularly exploiting people in developing nations? And so we're tempted to listen to these big companies and, and enjoy buying their products as they offer us cheaper sneakers and better returns at the stock exchange. So the voice of the violent may not come from a rough looking thug. It might be a respectable looking businessman. But as we read on in these opening verse, chapters of Proverbs, we'll see that wickedness has always been quite devious. And so on screen we have the voice of the wicked this time, the voice of the wicked whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and, who's devious, and who are devious in their ways. And we can also read on in chapter 6, a troublemaker and a villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, who winks maliciously with his eye, signals with his feet and motions with his fingers, who plots evil with deceit in his heart, he's always stirring up conflict. Now the sad fact, friends, is that left alone in our sin, we are so easily fascinated by the scoundrel and their sneaky ways. We need to remember the words of the prophet Jeremiah before we actually think, oh, we could never get caught up with those type of people. Have a look at what Jeremiah had to say in chapter 17. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Okay, already we've come across two disguises that folly might take. And now we come to a third, and that's the voice of the sluggard. And now what does the sluggard suggest? Well, we've got it here on screen. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Now he'll pop up again and again through the whole book of Proverbs and here's the call to a life of ease. But really what is it? Well it's the voice of laziness, of idleness and negligence. The promise of short-term comfort, wisdom warns, will ultimately end in poverty. Okay. So, so far we've been warned to reject the voice of violence, wickedness and laziness. Each of these voices are briefly introduced here but they'll pop up again and again all through Proverbs. But there's one disguise that Folly takes in these opening chapters that really dominates this whole section. A quarter of the opening chapters, chapters is given over to the warning against adultery. In chapter 7 we have the writer observing a simple man walking the path to adultery. So how does Proverbs warn us to avoid the path into sexual sin? Well, a couple of steps. Step one, 
Make sure we watch our attitude to God's word. How do we avoid adultery? By keeping God's word very close. Have a look at the warning here from chapter 7. My son, keep my words and store up my commands within you. Keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teaching as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. The call here is embrace the warning of God's word. Make it personal, personal directly to you. Not just, don't keep it theoretical, like it's just some sort of idea, some sort of philosophy. Make it personal. So ask yourself the, the question rising out of this. Do I really think that I might be at risk of falling into sin? Many people have confessed that they did not expect to find themselves in adultery. They didn't see it coming. So we've got to understand we, we're not untouchable. We're not untouchable in our relationships. We should never underestimate our sin. So step one, take the warning of God and his word seriously. Step two, watch your heart. Have a look at what it says in Proverbs 6 verse 25. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes. Jesus actually goes on and makes exactly the same point as he was speaking in the Sermon on the Mount. Have a look what he says in, in the Gospel of Matthew. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. The act begins with the inclination. The act of adultery begins with a lustful heart. And so we get to step three. Watch your behaviour. Because your feet will always take you to where your heart and mind have been. Have a look at Proverbs chapter 7 as he observes this young man again. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction of her house. Wisdom says, flee, flee from sexual immorality. The fool says, I wonder how close I can get to the fire without getting burnt. It could be making choices to stay in someone's company because, well, they make you feel good in their presence. You've got to ask yourself the question, is a, is a friendship developing into something more? How often have you heard it? He listened, she cared, he understood, she was tender, but they're both married. So ask the question, am I where I'm supposed to be? Watch our behaviour. And step four, watch out for the lies. Now the adulterer might flirt with their body, but there's one thing they'll most definitely do, they'll definitely flirt with their words. Have a look at the warning of Proverbs chapter 5, verse 3. For the lips of an adulterous woman drip honey, and her speech is smoother than oil. You see, the adulterer can certainly arouse with the promise of pleasure, 
but ultimately it's a big lie. And the biggest lie is there'll be no consequence. Have a look as we read on in chapter 7, verse 18. Come, she says, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He is gone and on a long journey. No consequence sin. That is a lie that's been around since the very beginning. What did the serpent say to Eve? You will not surely die. And so wisdom reminds us in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27 here on screen. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. Well, friends, there's just so much more we can say about this whole issue of sexual sin, but we don't have time now. But coming back to that idea that we started with as we spoke, began the talk, the idea of competing voices, various voices, various disguises, well, there's many voices in the area of sex that we should be aware of and wary of. How about the voices of pornography, the voices of sexual immorality, the voice of immodest fashion, the voice of inappropriate flirting. All these voices are calling out, but we need to make sure we don't listen to them. They offer short-term excitement and pleasure, but all they do is lead to long-term pain. So there you have it. Different voices, but really there's actually only one voice behind them all. It's a voice that doesn't fear God, that ignores him and rejects his, his rule. It's the voice of folly. And so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what choice you're facing, it actually boils down to a choice of two, folly or wisdom. So as we started, we get bombarded by so many voices every day. What you should do, what you should choose, what you should think. It can be so confusing to work out which voice is right. Especially when they seem to be offering the same thing. Do this and you'll be really happy. Do this and you'll be really successful. And Proverbs is making it really clear for us. Ultimately, it's a choice between wisdom and folly. Doing that which will lead to a life and understanding or doing that which will lead to death. Doing that which is based on a fear of the Lord or doing that which ignores the Lord. And so Proverbs wants us to understand there's really only one voice worth listening to. One voice that knows what it's talking about. And that's the voice that says, fear the Lord above all else. And of course, for you and I, on this side of the cross, the word is to fear Jesus above all else because we need to do what Jesus says because he is the Lord of the universe. We need to have a reverent fear of the Son of God. And the thought of not doing what he says should never cross our mind. Proverbs is lovingly reminding us, do what Jesus says. 
It's the same lesson we've learned over the last two weeks. Despite whatever other voice might say, despite how appealing it might seem, let's follow the voice of wisdom and let's live out a reverent fear for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because friends, you can be certain of this. There's no way you can make the most of your life if you ignore and reject the wisdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way to make the most of your life is to have a right relationship with the one who made you. A right relationship with the one who gave you life in the first place. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh dear Heavenly Father, we do thank and praise you for your word. We thank you for the warnings that it gives. And Lord, we do confess that we so easily wander from your way. We so easily ignore who you are and live the life of folly. Please protect us, Lord, from temptation. Deliver us from evil so that we might be people who walk in the light of your wisdom, seeking to serve and honour our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Uh, Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings at the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is okay by Ixit.